this week's topic on Unapologetic Podcast, the emasculation of black men. We will be discussing the cause and effect of the emasculation of the black man in society, on TV, and in music. We will also delve deep into the history of the emasculation of the black man on his arrival to America. Please tune in. Unapologetic Podcast with yours truly, Donnell. Baby held them by the door and said, I'ma throw them smooth out. So she went to crying. 
Somebody stop him. I said, you better grab the gun or else I'ma drop him. She snatched the baby out of my hands. We started fighting, punching, scratching, and biting. Well, we fell on the bed. All kinds of crazy things was going through my head. So I ran and got the gun and came back to her. Loaded it up and handed the gas to her. I grabbed the hand and placed the gun to my eye muscle. She screamed, stop, and then we broke into another tussle. Yo, during the fight, the gun went off quick. Oh, man, I'm hit. Everything is hectic, I can't get a grip, I just can't check this Everybody's crying, could it be I'm dying? Bullet in my head, in the bed, I was lying Where's Mika? I wanna tell her I love her With an IV in my arm, I took a picture for an album cover Oh man, the situation's a trip, G Five different doctors with needles trying to stick me I hear my family hollering he needs us during the confusion, man, I seen Jesus. My mom's on the phone, long distance from New York. Here comes the doctors again, trying to rip me apart. I got a monkey on my back, I can't shake it. I'm having suicidal thoughts, hoping that I don't make it. But I'ma make it, cause something steady urging me. Five hours passed, I made it through surgery. And the doctor said I wouldn't make it through the night. But God told me everything was gonna be alright. And I'm glad that I'm here, G. But it's messed up, I had to lose an eye to see things clearly. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetic Podcast. Be sure to go to timelessmusic.com and check out the latest from Crew Bread Nussanot with tracks such as Sirot Got Me, She the One, and Face It. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unapologetic Podcast. This is Miss Rose here, and Donnell is on Yes, yes, and this week we're going to talk about the emasculation of black men. For those of you who don't know, emasculation, by definition, is the removal of a man's testicles or penis. In other words, castration. But in correlation with this show, emasculation is to make a man feel less masculine, to deprive him of his manhood, his strength, and his role as a man. And that's according to uh, Webster's Dictionary. Um definition so my my going into this you know I had a lot of conversations with men um, you and I have talked on the side privately and I'm guess I'm trying to understand what does masculinity mean to men uh, to me uh, being masculine um, to me in my opinion I can give mine um, it means protector Fearless, um, unwavering, um, steadfast—all those things to me means masculinity. Uh, I, I look at it as, um, you know, people may think uh, 
a person um, basically jumping in front of a bullet is masculine, <laughs> you want to say. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, a person sacrificing themselves, putting themselves for others is masculine. Um, being considerate of others is, is masculine. And if you talk to someone else or with a different mind frame, of course it would mean something totally different. But to me, that's what it stands for. Do you think that masculinity is something that you're born with as a male, or do you think it's something that you're taught? <laughs> Whoa, that was that was a heavy question for the simple fact that, in my opinion, is I believe it's taught. Okay. You know, okay, because um, I, you know, I ask that because you know I'm a mother with sons, and you know I, I don't think people are naturally born protectors or naturally born, you know, with certain traits. You know, so that's why I, I questioned that. One thing that you know, me ha- having a son, you know, uh-huh. he's very young, two years old, and raising him, just my first and only child, and um, I'm very, very, I mean. It said maybe it's good way, good way or bad, how a person look at it, but I'm very protective of my son, very overprotective. And by me knowing that um, he is a part of me, you know, when I look at his gestures, his facial expressions, his pride, things he says and does, <clears throat> some things wasn't taught to him, I have, you know, because he's only two. But they're embedded in him, they're instilled in him of who he is as his personality. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of say masculinity masculinity is taught, but some of it is embedded because you do have people who say they were born this way or um, I, I met a female, I know a female who said that um, she felt she was born in a boy's body, uh, a woman's frame, but she a male inside. And I was like, okay. So, <laughs> to hear that is like, wow, okay. So, when I look at my son, I can see just him being masculine, you know. I, it's funny about him, uh, he'd be on his little power wheels or something, and a, a grown woman walk by, and he would break his neck to look at that woman. So, that's not, that's not nothing that I taught him to do that was embedded in him, <laughs> if you see what I'm saying. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny, and it's funny to see it, you know, and and so the the masculation of the men is something that's taught also. It you know, I, I can people, see that, you know. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. You, I have three you, sons, and they're all very different and in their own ways. Even though I I don't raise my children a hundred percent the same because every child has their own personality. So you have to learn how you know, what works for them. But in certain aspects, they, they learn the same way. And, you know, but they're still very, three very completely different boys. Right. So I get exactly. that. Mm-hmm. One thing I so do let me try ask to... Oh, wait, mm-hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. Uh, that's, the, that's the main thing because um, one thing about my son, um, I, you know, as you can tell, I love my son, you know, um, one thing about it is I have to let him be himself. Right. And that, and, and that's the biggest thing 
that, you know, I try to teach him right, but he's going to do him. And I see that so strong in him. You know, if he don't want to do something, he's not going to do it, right or wrong, you know. And I can see that that little rebel in him. But this uh-huh. is where, uh, what you want to say, structure and order comes into play by me being a parent. It's going to say, hey, listen, you have to, You it's, it's necessary for you to do it this way or this is the effect of it. See, you you don't you don't know anything about cause and effect. You just do. You're just a, uh, a toddler, you, you know. So it was funny because uh, over this past weekend he was driving a little power wheel, and I said, turn this way. Now, my son is very smart. He does what he want to do when he want to do it or if he wants something in return. So he knew if he turned up the driveway, it was time, it was time to go in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, turn this way. And he gave me this look, like I say, you know, everyone whose parents know their child, they, they know right. their children or whatever. And you know when they be in honorary or madness and stuff. So he gave me this look out of the corner of his eye like, yeah, I hear you, but I ain't doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? So he right. kept driving. He kept driving. And because he didn't listen to me, he went right into a pit where he got his car got stuck. And now he's just sitting there just pressing the gas. Looking at me, he like help, and I didn't help him. <laughs> so, and I stood there, and this was my, you know, one of those parenting moments. Two young ladies right. was two young two uh, young ladies walked by. They said, "Oh, he's stuck. You need help?" And I said, "No, nope, no help." And she was like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Yeah." And I explained to him, you know, he paused to turn up the driveway, but it said he was hard headed and he's stuck now. And then she was like, "Yes, this is a parenting moment," which clicked to me like, "Yeah, it is a parenting moment." Because now I can explain to him why he needs to listen to his father when his father tells him something. Right. Right. So, so let me oh, – okay, go ahead. So it just, it just even goes back to um, when he was just still one. Mm-hmm. I, talk, I, mean, I had a bike – you know, I had my um, a bicycle, not hanging up, but it was somewhere where my son was fascinated by the chain from the bike. And he will always crawl, kid crawl over there. And I say, don't touch that bike. It's going to fall on you. Don't touch that bike. It's going to fall on you. And, of course, as an infant or child, you know, they're going to do something. They're going to do everything that you tell them not to do. Sure enough, the, the time came, and I said, well, you know, this time I'm going to let him grab that bike. I don't want my son hurt, of course, but I watched. I was real close. Sure enough, my son grabbed the chain and the bike. Didn't crush my son. Because I was fast enough, where I ran and I caught it. But on his way down, I caught the bike, and he was just laying up under the bike, not laying where the bike had his weight on him. But he knew, right. like, oh, I, he like, oh shit, I messed up. Right. So once I lift, once I lifted the bike off of him, he started screaming because <laughs> it was more of uh, it was more of his pride, and he was embarrassed because that he didn't listen. Uh-huh. You see. So I look at this, and all this is correlating to our, our subject. Um, uh-huh. Being being taught how to being taught a certain thing, meaning um, how to act and how to respond to everyday situations in life, and it being embedded in you. Me, right. us as black men, we are, and I don't care what nobody else say. This is my opinion, how I view it. We are natural-born leaders. That's, uh-huh. Now, I don't care what happens on this planet. We are natural-born leaders. We are 
leaders instead of followers. What has happened is we have became followers. Somewhere down the line, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of us have became followers because we became dependent on someone else. But let me ask you this before we go too far into that, because I, I had a couple of questions, but now I got a detour from those questions. You mm-hmm. said something about pride. Do you think there's a difference between ego and pride? And after you touch on it, I'm going to tell you why I asked you that question. Yes, of course there's a, a difference between ego and pride. Let's start with ego. Mm-hmm. Ego, to me, ego is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. For the simple fact, if you have a, a, a team, let's just let's take the cast for instance. For instance, <laughs> let's take the mm-hmm. cast for instance. Something happened where there's an ego thing, and Kyrie want to get traded. You right. Know. That's how I look at that situation. It's unnecessary. You you're playing mm-hmm. with, you know, you're playing with LeBron James. You know, you're playing with a good player. And what happened? Because y'all didn't win the championship this year. Y'all didn't do it back to back. Now you want to go somewhere and you want to be the man. Who knows? That's ego to me. Right. Pride, pride is sticking it out, standing mm-hmm. your ground. That's to me what pride is. For me, uh. Taking pride in something, being proud to say, hey, I'm a part of this team. Okay, we lost, but I'm still part of the team. That's taking pride in something. I don't right. that was a good yeah, yeah. I understand. Okay, so, you know, I have three sons. I have a 20-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 14-year-old. So this weekend I had a conversation with my 17-year-old, my 14-year-old, and I wanted to ask them about the emasculation of black men. I wanted My question to them was, you know, what is their issues as as young black boys developing into men now and how do they think that, you know, what we teach them and what they learn and, and when they develop into men, how they can help future generations and even their own peers. And mm-hmm. I have interesting conversations with my sons. So my 17-year-old, you know, he was talking about his father because I asked him questions about their father and different little things here and there. And he made the comment, he said that he wished his father would put his ego aside at times and just be able to talk to him without him coming to him to ask questions. And I said, well, why do you say it in that way? He said, because ego is a sign of fear. <laughs> and he said people with huge egos are afraid of something and they use that ego to try to dominate that fear but in actuality they just look stupid uh, and this is coming from a 17 year old correct it's coming from a 17 year old this is a 17 year old black male this is a 17 year old black male dropping jewels and knowledge okay i'm sorry mm-hmm. yeah, i just wanted to make that clear go ahead yeah, I said, wow. I said, that's an interesting point, you know. And he said, you know, I don't, he said, I don't go off ego. He said, I pat myself on the back when I do good because, you know, I do a lot of good things. He's like, but I don't go off the ego. So I asked him, I said, and this goes to my next set of questions to you. I said, do you think that it would have been different 
having been raised by a father than been raised by me because, you know, I'm a single mother or having had both parents in the household. He said, yes. He's like, but just because my dad, I wasn't raised by my dad or my dad wasn't in the household doesn't mean that I would have had a better life with him or with him in the household. And I said, well, why do you say that? He said, because just because you're a man by stature doesn't make you a man mentally. And he said, you know, he wouldn't, I don't know that he would have taught me what I needed to know as a man. He said, because he wasn't there. He wasn't taught to be a man. He said, but you always surrounded me with strong individuals, strong black men that you felt like would teach me something. And he said, I think I learned better from them than I learned from my father. He said, I respect my father and I love my father, but I don't know that I would have learned to be a man from him. So my question to you was, as a as a father, you know, raising a son, how much difference do you think it would be with the father being a, a strong presence in their life versus the fathers that are not? In my case, because um, of who I am, what I stand for, my presence is much needed and valued mm-hmm. compared to, and this is not, I hope, don't take none of this. Well, you know what? This unapologetic bucket, if, if, if you take it personal, maybe you need to check yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, my presence and time is valued, and it makes a huge difference for my presence to be in my son's life. Uh, I'm co-parenting with his mom, but, you know, I get my time in and, and I do what a father needs to be done, daddy, all those good things. Now, now, what I was about to say is, now, I'm not about to put myself in no type of position where I'm removed out of my son's life. Right. That makes sense. I'm not about to, right. I'm not about to risk my freedom for a dollar. and be removed out of my son's life because money comes and goes. That's why they call it cash flow. You hustle, you do your thing. But for me mm-hmm. to, to know there's a chance, there's a repercussion. If I go out here and I go move this pound or move this or do that, there's a chance I might get caught. There's a chance someone may try to rob me and shoot me. I don't put myself in those situations. Now, do mm-hmm. what you got to do. I understand that. Do what you got to do. But I'm smart enough to know there's, other options out here for me to do what I have to do. Okay. So I'm going to ask this quick question, but don't answer it to after we come back from our break. The next question I have for you is, why do you think that men remove themselves out of their son's life? Why do you think that they um, do leave an absence in their son's life, especially like men who have only have one son. Like my oldest son's father, he only has one son. We have one son together. It's his oldest child. It's my oldest child. But he has no presence. He's never been present in his life. So I want to know what makes a man do that, especially that particular man who was raised with his father. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back to that question. 
million dollars for I was one Cause my daddy hustled We good now Cause my daddy hustled We out the hood now Cause my daddy hustled Remember me? Like father, like son I had a million dollars for I was one Cause my daddy hustled We good now Cause my daddy hustled We out the hood now Cause my daddy hustled Running like Steph Curry in the chip though Used to be the only one I'm the big bro. I don't know my daddy's skits, so don't mess with his kids, yo. Me and my brother tight. Yeah. We like the Clisco. I love you, daddy. Ten years later, I love you, two sons. I do life in the box. If they ever fuck with my two sons, you my little man. I remember the first day you came out. Your little face, your big nose, your little feet, your little hands. You turn one, come in the room, wobbly little stance. And every time I walk in the house, he used to do this little dance. On the cover of the album with them chucks on, you cried for six hours. Your mama in here going nuts on me. She said you had enough. I said we having fun. All babies cry when they want. My career had just begun. And so did being a daddy. Car seat in my Escalade. You and me in the caddy. Playing like father, like son. Looking in the back seat. He don't look nothing like his mama if you ask me. On the first album, Buster Rhymes did the hook. Now he can do it for himself. Watch him and his uncle cook. Bust. I'm glad you grew up to becoming everything you could be. That's all I wanted for you, youngin'. Like father, like son. And in the end, I'm glad you only turned out better than me. I hope you know I love you, youngin'. Like father, like son. Your daddy told you it was coming. Coming, your day was coming. I told you, now that it's here, just keep on running. Running, just keep on running. I, I wanna thank my baby mama's Tiff and Aliska for everything. Y'all deserve the world. I wasn't worthy of no wedding ring. It ain't been one day since I met you. I wasn't there for you. Wasn't husband material, but you know I really cared for you. And I know you remember that time when he was five. All these tours taking a toll. I can see it in his eyes. So I stopped tour, stopped rapping. Didn't give a fuck about nothing that happened after recording the doctor's advocate. Catching up with my son, cause ain't nothing. More important than walking inside the footlocker, copping the matching Jordans, helping him with his jumper. The day he turned nine, I asked him what he want for his birthday. He said to spend some time, so we kick it. That's my best friend. I don't have to get married, he's still my best man. And that's forever. Anybody could be a daddy, just busting nothing leave. But I'm a father, and I'ma be everything he need and more. I'm glad you grew up to becoming everything you could be. That's all I wanted for you, youngin'. Like father, like son. And I'm glad you only turned out better than me I hope you know I love you young and like father like son Your daddy told you it was coming Coming, your day was coming I told you, now that it's here just keep on running Running, just keep on running I tell you Every time I get in this booth, I'm reminded 10 years ago I did it for you, had this vision for you. And I know your daddy get in trouble sometimes, but I'ma stay up out this prison for you. I mean, you all my seed, your brother and both of your sisters, you all I need, like Method and MJB. And I know I be wildin' sometimes, you told me, breathe daddy, one, two, three, four. Furthermore, I'm tryna stay out of trouble just for my sons, even though it feel weird leaving my house without a gun. I just gotta do it Cause they might grow up and do this shit Just cause they father do it Fuck with my kids and six bloods Jumping out of Buick Understand Puff choking that man for just I'ma do my stuff even if I land in fucking cuffs For every nigga out here without a kid Have one and that's gonna be the best shit you ever did One I'm Harlem, the game's oldest son I make straight A's and I'm a good kid 
more importantly, I'm safe. Because my daddy hustled his way out of Compton so I could have a better life. That's my daddy. And I wish all kids had one like mine. The world would be a better place. One. Wait, Harlow, I want to say something. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Unapologetic. Miss Rose here. And Daniel. Yes. Now back to that question before we took our little break. My question was to you, why is it that men remove themselves from their son's lives, especially men who may only have one son or their firstborn or, um, you know, why would they remove themselves from, you know, their namesake? I have, I have a couple theories and reasons behind it. One, I could say is selfishness. I could say that. One could be selfishness because they still want to do them. Uh, with, uh, responsibility. They don't know how to take on that responsibility. So they just set it off on a woman, hey, you deal with this, you wait, and you know, I, I gotta take care of me. I guess it's, in so many words, a survival tactic. <laughs> mm -hmm. with it, because they haven't learned how to survive on their own. They don't, they haven't learned to, to take care of themselves. They haven't learned how to grow up themselves. Um, I remember that song back in the day, Babies Have a Baby. Do you remember that? Right, yeah. So, so, so there it is. It's like, okay, a man could be 20, in his 20s or 30s, have a son, and he flees. He run. Why is that? Because he really is not a, a grown up himself. That's my, that's my look on it. Um, it also goes into what your son said ego. That's mm -hmm. ego. You know, um, I've seen, what's funny, it's crazy. I've seen uh, grown men jealous of their children, jealous of their sons. From all I've the seen that. You know, it's, it's a, a big, big, bad spectrum of, of reasons why people do the things that they do. Mm -hmm. But for me, from what I've seen, from my personal experience, um, my father wanted to do him. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, it, it, the story came about, I got the full story after I was grown. You know, I don't hold that against my mom, but uh, she said, basically, you know, um, my, she married my father just because he got a pregnant. That's the only reason why they got married. And, you know, um, it was hurt, it, it hurt to hear that, but I mean, the truth is the truth. You, you can't downplay or, or water down the truth. Um, right. So, so me hearing that, I said, okay, well, you know, so me going to live with him at 13 because I rebelled against my mom after they got the divorce, um, because it just didn't work out. It just wasn't compatible. My mom is on the other side of the spectrum as far as, you know, she not into that street life. My father was a, a thug, gangster, you know what I'm saying? He did him, drugs did all of all of us. He did some shit in his life. But she, he, he met her and these two worlds came together and they made me. So you gotta, you know, to give you further more about understanding me, my outlook on things. I look at both sides. You know, I look at the street side and if you want to see that, I look at the you know, um, safe side, if you want to say. So, um, 
it's real deep as far as why men do what they do. I just know my father had his reasons, and to me his reason was he, just, he wanted that money. He wanted to make that money. You know, he wanted to live that life. And maybe he didn't get a chance, you know, now. I never, never would say he don't love Because everybody show love in different ways. Even though other individuals, we, you know, we wish people show the same love that we showed them to us. We wish we got it back the same way. But um, unfortunately, it's not like that. That's not life. That's not reality. Um, you will be um, very pleased and happy if you do run across a person that reciprocates that same value of time and commitment to you. Um, right. Being a, being a father myself is just, you know, like I said, I'm not going to knock nothing that my father does, but I can say out of all the pain and all the turmoil that I've experienced growing up, it made me who I am, and that's another reason why I treat my son the way I treat my son. I said I'd never do what my father did to me to my son, and now I have the opportunity to prove my my words, you know, um, even looking to, to my grandparents um, on my mother's side and my father's side, mainly on my mother's side, um, the way he treated my mom or and did things was just like, what the hell? Hold up, man. That's my mama you're talking to. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. this is your daughter. Why are you talking to her? Why are you treating her like that? Why are you treating my grandmother like this? But my mama had told me because, you know, one time I wanted to jump on my grandfather, but she said, you know, that's their marriage and that's how – you know, they've been married over 30, 40 years, so she with him for a reason. So, you know, stay out of it because I had wanted to say something. Like, so I'm talking to my grandmother about craziness and that. So it just goes to two individuals and what you want out of life. Um, some people just don't want to grow up and be men. They want to live in, in this, um, I think you said it, off the air. They live in a bubble. It, they live in a sub-world. In a sub-world. A sub-world. Yeah, they, they've so created their own world within their world. You know, they decided to, to live in their bubble and live blindly by what's around them and what the real is. There it is. And and mm-hmm. that right there, that that put an exclamation point on it because until you come out of that sub-world into truth, you're going to be blinded. You're not going to be aware of your decisions and your actions because in your sub-world, you think it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Um, everybody thinks they're doing the right thing until it becomes the wrong thing. Right. I'm going to try to break that break that down. Like I said, that goes into, um, okay, um, I don't have a job. My son needs pampers. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do to go get these pampers? Or some baby food. What do I need to do? What can I do? What am I able to do? I have many options, but the choice that I choose defines who I am in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go rob somebody, and I'm going to go provide for my son. That's option one. Option two, I'm going to go to a temp agency or, or find me a part-time job so I can have money coming in because my responsibility isn't myself anymore. It's my son. Option mm-hmm. number three, option number four, and options just keep going. But whatever you decide in life, whatever choice you make defines who you are. It, it tells who you are. 
Mm-hmm. Because that's the choice you made. Not saying that it defines the rest of your life, but at that moment, it tells who you are and where your mental state is. Right. So you look at the masculation of the of of black men. Um. Or uh, recently, and we're not gonna get into this. I'm glad I wasn't there. Um, it, I, I saw the video. Um, two cops were beating on them. Seemed like a teenager in in uh, East Cleveland on Euclid. Oh, in uh, in Euclid, yeah, it was a he was a adult male. He's um graduated from high school. Oh, he's, he's a welder. He's working. He's not what? a drug dealer. He's not a um. You know, he's not out there in the streets. He he's a certified welder. He works a job, and you know, he I don't know what the circumstances was that they stopped him or pulled him over under, but the the video was itself just showed the unnecessary force of the police at that time. And this is where it comes in that I'm glad I wasn't there physically. And I say that as just for me. And my thought mm-hmm. is this. This goes to ego, and this is where the pride comes in. Ego, mm-hmm. as your 17-year-old son said, has to do with fear. Mm-hmm. Pride is steadfast. All the I seen cars riding by, people putting out their cameras, but no one got out. I didn't see no black males, and I'm I'm quite sure it was enough where we could have they could have got out and said something. Hey, you don't have to be beating that man like that. Just put the cuffs on, bro. What are you doing? This is not well, supposed to be. Yes. In all fairness, I did hear people, women and men. I don't know what race they were because I've seen that video from about three different angles. I've seen three different videos. So in all fairness, there is a couple of them that I did hear people telling them to stop. There is fairness. I did hear people telling them they didn't have to do that. I did hear, you know, in all fairness, I do know as of today from what I've seen, because I've been watching that story because, you know, I'm no longer in Cleveland right now, but that's my hometown that, that right. one of the officers has been suspended, even though they suspended him with pay. Which I have a problem with that, but they did suspend him. So, um, pending investigation. So, this is still an unfolding story. It just happened Saturday um, afternoon, so I don't really want to um, go go too, too deep into that because I haven't, pulled out all the facts, but I have seen three different videos from three different angles. I have done a little bit of search into the particular gentleman that they were um, attacking in the street, and I do have been watching um, what Euclid police have been doing as far as um, the officer, the officers in question. Um, from, my, from my watching the video, it's three officers that I questioned, but so far I only know of one being suspended. Okay, okay. Maybe my anger got the best of me, mm-hmm. but it, it's not what what I'm feeling. I mean, who knows? What I'm seeing is brewing. Mm-hmm. People are gonna be are gonna be start feeling like me, where we're not gonna stand by and just let, allow you to do this anymore. I'm saying that because the thought came to my head. Okay, you said it was a grown man, you know, but okay. What he was young, and don't get me wrong. Exactly. What, 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 what if that was my brother? What if that was your child? Right. 
I have a twenty year old. So what? yeah, you know, when I seen that video, I'm looking. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. When so I seen I'm, that video first hit me, I'm looking. Is that my son? Because my oldest son saying. is there in Cleveland. Oh my gosh! Exactly. So my feeling is this: I'm glad I wasn't there physically because I don't know what I would have done. I'm at the point where my where I'm just so fed up that. You're not about to just do these things and think it's cool. Right. You're not about to keep doing these things to our race and our people. It's not about to keep happening. And and y'all keep pushing keep pushing these buttons. Y'all just y'all just keep it going. Y'all you know, even in Virginia was this past weekend they had a neo Nazi uh, yeah, neo Nazi march. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. You know, and don't get me wrong. This is definitely a conversation we need to have. That's our that's our actual topic next week. <laughs> so I don't want to go go too too deep into that because we have a lot. I have a lot to say as far as that's concerned. You know, and and those two issues and all Rose, these police issues. Miss mm-hmm. Rose, though, but remember this: we're talking about the emasculation of black men, and I guess this portion is the society, society portion of our conversation, you know, yeah, how society affects it. It, it. it affects us because we're watching this happen. Mm-hmm. They made it public. They make everything public. They made the shoes public throughout the nation. They make everything public what happens to black men. That, to me, is emasculation because what, when they're showing it and they're constantly showing it, it's in the media. They're not showing uh, five hundred people graduating from Howard. They, they don't make that don't make the news broadcast. You see what I'm saying? They don't. No, they don't. They don't show the positive of black males. They show the negative. And so that, I don't look at so that, the. Go ahead. That so that right there has a lot to do with how society how it affects society because these things. If we watching these things, it's sublimely put in our subconscious. Oh, you better stay in line or this is going to happen to you. We'll kill you. You know what I'm saying? We'll take you out. We don't give up. We don't care that we got body cameras. We don't care that you got cameras. You, we can prove that in the courts that we're going to get off. We just proved that just now. I, I'm so scared, but I got paid. I'll beat your ass. See, I'm going to tell you that I, I'm going to think it's deeper than that. I think it's deeper than that when it comes to that part of it, and I'm going to tell you why. Because the video shows, to me, those videos show them demoralizing us. They show them killing us. They show them beating us. They show us this. But the emasculation part, to me, is when they show them get off. It's when they show them, you know, they get away with it. They don't get charged with it. They don't, you know, that they, the, um, they win their trials when they do get put on trial. To me, that's the demasculation because that's the part that tells me that no matter what I do, I'm still going to get away with it. So I get exactly, exactly what you're saying as far as how it comes off in society. I get exactly what you're saying as to as that being a um, part of the emasculation of black men. Absolutely, I agree with you on that part of it. Um, okay. I think is, that. Is this- it's a, it's a little bigger than that, though. I think it's a little bigger than those police. I think if those police would have sat there and they beat, you know, they they killed the Trayvon Martins and the, uh, the Freddie Grays Tamir and Tamir Rice, Rice and, and and all the other um, black men and women, um, 
mm-hmm. Sandra Bland, that they, you know, killed, and they they went to jail for it, then that would show that they can't do it. Because the fact that these men are, and these, these women, because there was a woman in um, Kansas that got off, yeah. Yeah. you know, that show that's where the emasculation part comes from. That's where they show that that black people in period are um what's the word I'm looking for? They are dispensable. Oh shit. See, um <laughs> oh, I got a song called uh Sacrilege. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, and it's a line. I only think it's a uh, a verse. I think it's just something I had said. Where what they need to understand is, when something dies, that's not the end of it. All you did was plant a seed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the same with Martin Luther King. You know, as we already know, the government admitted to killing Martin Luther King. Right. Um, Malcolm X. It don't matter what religion you are. Uh, we need to also get out of that. We need to really leave that, you know, leave that alone and just deal with our essence, blasphemy, um, uh-huh. who we are. Uh, we are, I hate to say it, we are enemies of the state. We we are. But what's so crazy when I look at it is like, for even going back to slavery, like, damn, y'all... <laughs> You know the Europeans or whatever. Okay. You okay. Can it. I hold that thought? Let's hold that thought. We'll come right. back to to the to the society's role in the emasculation of men in a moment. We need to take a break, but hold that thought. Okay. Nigga, I'm a drop. Nigga, I'm a motherfucker. 
Nigga, you don't really want it with the kids. Stay in your lane for you go see the doctor. Ain't no help. Once you see who around, it's the hand you're dealt. When they tell you hang it up, just put them on the shelf. Yeah, nobody else to be, nigga, but yourself. Nobody else to be, nigga, but yourself. Nobody else to be, nigga, but yourself. They always gon' doubt you, they ain't no help. Nobody else to be, nigga, but yourself. I'm the one, it'll be the last battle you have under the sun Make the beat hit you hard like I was a drum major Ahead of my time, like hydrobolic time chambers You was educated, but with the wrong information though I spit your ass a lyrical invitation on my mouth Is the barrel spit lyrical hollow tips Now keep it real, can you come back following this? I don't think so, niggas talk shit, I make them bleed slow Something like Nino, without the greed though By the way, y'all can't fuck with my team though We automatic like Steph Curry from Free Throw My movie hold it down, he's supplying the beat though Working London in the shit, be placing a diesel Had a open first and they say for me, though We do it for ourselves and for those people What you see who around is the hand you're dealt When they tell you hang it up, just put them on the shelf Yeah, nobody else to be, nigga, but yourself Nobody else to be, nigga, but yourself Nobody else to be, nigga, but yourself they always gon' doubt you, they ain't no help. Yeah. Uh, nobody else to be, nigga, but yourself. Hello, welcome back. This is Rose here from Unapologetic. And Donnell. Donnell. Yeah, there we go, Donnell. So we were talking about society's role in the emasculation of men. And, and what was your thoughts when we wrapped up and went on break? Uh, my thoughts are all over the place right now. <laughs> 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 Boiling down to it, um, we just have to take care of our own. That's what it boils down to. We have to take care of our own. Um, I, I look at, like I said, I look at things in a broad perspective. Um, you look at when there's when there isn't any there, there are leaders I'm not going to say they're not any leaders uh-huh. um, but we all have to be leaders ourselves well, let me ask you this and, and this is not the question I was thinking but now you, you sparked another question for me and this is a question I asked my son do you think that our children's portrayal of role models are all wrong? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, it is. I'm not going <laughs> to I, What can I say? What can I say? Yeah, they, they are. Um, when we were growing up, I mean, I'm not going to say, I was a teenager, I, I was a teenager also. So, uh, you know, I, I follow trends. You know, luckily I grew up in the time period that I did, because uh, you know, of course, hip hop is very influential. Uh-huh. But the people I looked after, you know, my parents thought they was, oh man, you only should be listening to gangster rap and this and that. But that gangster rap was fact. N.W.A. spit those facts. Fuck the police. 
Why are you saying fuck the police? They say he's supposed to protect and serve us and take care of us. Uh, well, 2017, and I remember on police cars, it used to be that civil. You remember that field? And they used to say protect and serve, you know, for equality and all this, you know, for community. Right. They don't even have that on the side of police cars anymore. So things have changed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's to the point where our, this generation has a lack of leaders to look up to because the leaders that we do have always, it seems to end up in some bullshit. It, they end up doing some stupid shit. Just dumb shit. Just silly. You know, so they're looking at, oh, I look up to this person. Oh, they didn't let me down this next. You know, so that's why I made that point. It starts at home. The leaders right. need to start in the house. They shouldn't even be Correct. looking to the outside world for guidance. The guidance should be at home. But majority, not majority. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna even say that because I don't visit the majority of people in this nation. But just mm-hmm. from what I see on social media, you know, damn. Um, they leaders is their mama. You know, they leaders is whoever that mama bring in the house. You see what I'm saying? Whoever's around that child. Because, like we had touched on earlier, some black fathers are in prison, you know, for making that choice. Making that choice, well, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, thinking it's the right thing, but it turned out to be the wrong thing. Okay, now you're going away. Now mama stuck to raise your son. She really still don't know herself. So she's meaning dudes to try to replace you and step in your in, in your shoes and raise your son. Hopefully they're a good person, but if not, they're gonna pick up bad traits and tendencies from this individual. It's just a spiral and spiral of bullshit that happens within our race. And that's why I feel like it starts at home with who you are as an individual. There needs to be growth on a continual basis. Every single day we need to grow. We need to know ourselves. We need to channel our energy into positive things. The world always been crazy. This is nothing uh-huh. new. It's just more in the open now. You feel me? So let me ask you this. As a single mother, you know, I raised my children on my own. You know, I was, I'm divorced. But as a single and I mother... I applaud you for that. I applaud you for that, too. I want to say that. So all single mamas... I applaud y'all for being strong. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But, you know, as a single mother, and as you said, the mothers that are raising their children or their sons, so to speak, and, you know, bringing them males and within the household, don't you think the mothers should be held accountable for their decisions they make? <sighs> they should be held accountable, yes, but mm-hmm. to a certain point. Because the man, to me, is still the leader. Okay. But see, you have to. I'm looking at it from this standpoint as a, as a, as that mother who surround my children with positive male figures in their life. Okay. But, but what you said, I don't. Rose, was this. No, mm-hmm. Rose, what you said was by you being a single mother. Mm-hmm. Listen, you were a single mother because of. The father 
basically something happened between y'all two, correct? That's why you were a single mother, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm trying to nip it in the bud before going any further. Because he didn't stay and do what he needed to do in the household, you should, uh, the woman, you just ask me, should the mother be accountable? Yeah, to some certain degree, but it all feels back to the man. That's the point I just wanted to make. Now, I get that point of it, but I'm okay. the point I'm making as far as the mother is, if I bring another male role model into my home, I should know that that man is, is a positive role model for my child or not before I bring him into my children's lives. Damn right. And that's Damn right. where I said the mother should be held accountable for. As a person like me who, you know, I'm, like I said, being a single mother, I surround myself with figures that I believe are positive to my sons, but they're not necessarily people that I'm dating. They could be, you know, um, brothers or uncles or um, other community leaders or, you know, someone of that nature. It's not someone I'm dating. So when I'm dating someone, you know, I, they don't meet my children unless it's serious, and I don't never bring anybody around my children unless I feel like they will be a good fit for my children. So that's why I said I've watched, you know, it goes back to even last week's episode where we were talking about the um, treated relationship like a business, and you got that person that's like, hey, I got a new boo, and then they bring them all around the kids, and then a week later it's like, hey, I'm single again. And then the kids is like, what happened to it? And then they, you know, they do that little thing like, hey, this your, right. new, this your uncle. This your uncle cousin, you know, and then and this this your new stepdaddy, and this is your new, and you know what I'm saying, and and that's why I'm like, you know, if you got, it don't matter if you got sons or daughters, it's wrong on all the courts because nobody right. should have a, you shouldn't have a damn basketball team meeting your damn kids. Right, a revolving door. You know, right. You, you're not supposed to have that revolving door. You know, I'm not supposed to have the whole starting lineup. Uh, other other browns coming up to the house in the end of the month, you know what I'm saying? You know, so right. I'm saying, you know, whomever you're dating, you're dating them, not your kids. So unless exactly. it's serious, you know, you shouldn't be bringing them in their lives because these are things that your sons are watching. So they think, oh, this is what men are supposed to do. Mm. And it's the same thing with your daughters. They watch and they say, oh, this is what women are supposed to do. So is this sticking on the topic that we're talking about males, this sticking on the topic that we're talking about my sons, my sons have the utmost respect for women because I taught them that. One thing I told my sons, and I told them this a long time ago, I can never teach you to be a man, but I can teach you how to treat a woman. Oh, shit. Can you say that one more time? I can never teach you to be a man, but I can teach you how to treat a woman. I've never proclaimed to teach my, my boys how to be a man. I am not a man. I'm a woman. I can't teach you how to be a man. I can teach you what I like from a man. I can teach you how to respect a woman. I can teach you manners. I can teach you how to be a provider for that woman. I can teach you the tools to go out and be that provider for a woman. But as far as the manly part, I cannot teach you that. That's why I, I have your uncles. That's why when there's conversations that I, I can't have that, come on, let's go have a present in their life. They just don't see their father as a leader. Mm. And maybe it's because of me. And I and I that's where I'm I'm that's my next question. You know, 
what is a woman's role in the emasculation of men? Now, let me clarify this. When I say maybe it's because of me, it's not because I talk negative about their father because that's not something I believe in. If me and their father's issues is me and their father's issues, but them and their father's issues is them and their father's issues. And that's something they have to figure out and deal with on their own in their own time. And one thing I did respect about my mother is my parents got divorced when I was five. My mother absolutely never kept me from my father. And my father had tons of issues, okay? But she never kept me from my father. She never to this day, and my father has been gone since 2011, to this day has never said anything negative about my father. Every issue I have with my father is an issue I had on my own. And I respected my mother for that. So as a woman raising sons, as a listening to my sons this weekend, just earliest last night we were talking and realizing that they don't see their father as a leader. They don't see their father. My son flat out, my 17-year-old flat out said, my father is not my role model. I don't look at him that way. He's just my father. <laughs> so I don't know if I played a role in that because I am a stronger woman. I don't know if I played a role in that because I had to, I wanted to, give my kids the best of everything, you know, but, um, and that reminds me of something else my son said, but I'll get into that soon. But how is the woman's role played in the emasculation of men? Well, and this, this, I'm just going to scale the surface of this one. Um, the way that, Women talk to their children. Now, now, listen, different strokes to different folks. I understand that. But right is right and wrong is wrong. When I hear <laughs> a mom just out in public with their son, get your motherfucking ass over here before I beat your ass. Yeah. That shit does, uh-huh. that does something to me. Now, that's talking to boys. That's talking to, you know, males. To hear it, mm-hmm. to talk to their little girls like that is even worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but let's, like you said, we talk about men. The way they talk and, and you know, punching the sons in the chest, smacking the sons, I beat the shit out of you, fuck out of my face, t- shut the fuck up, just. That right there, that plays a big part because now you got this. I don't know, you know. To me, to me, my opinion, that mentality mm-hmm. is all the way wrong. And maybe, hey, maybe it's because I was verbally abused as a child, and that shit does mm-hmm. something to me as an adult. I, I'm not about to let not. I'm not about to let an adult talk to me that way, at all. Period. Mm-hmm. So what always goes to my mind. When when I see a woman doing that to their child, I want to ask them. I say, um, "Ma'am, if I started cussing at you and talking to you like that, how would you feel? Should I be ready to fight you? Listen, that and say, hey, is this how you want your son to grow up? You know what I'm saying? Is this how, is those feelings that you have right now? Just think about it. You know what I'm saying? But is, is it their fault? Who knows? It's a whole. Like I say, this." This needs to be nipped in the bud or ripped in the household of an individual. 
individuality. Who are you? What is your purpose? Where are you headed? Where's your spirituality at? Where's your essence? So you, right. So do you think because the emasculation of black men start at home? It, yes, it has to start at home. Who is, listen, when a baby comes home from the hospital, where does he go? Home. Right. <laughs> that is and true. Whoever, so let me, whoever, whoever okay. cares, whoever cares, that baby is up under, it could be grandmama, if, if the mother say, I'm, uh, or the foster parents, whoever cares, that child is up under, that's who plays a big role. That's who plays the role in who this person is going to be growing up. It starts at home. Right. But if they don't get it at home, of course, they're going to get it from outside influences. That's where society plays right. this role. If a person is not there with their child watching the news with their child, the child sees something, and then a, a, a responsible, intelligent adult is not saying, like, listen, this is happening because of this. Speaking truth, you know, not watered down, or if you want to go into uh, a white supremacist or racist home, they sit down with their child. See what happened to those niggers? That's how you treat niggers. You see what I'm saying? It all starts mm-hmm. at home. Because when so you let me ask you this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, when you get, there was a, together, uh, when you get uh-huh. two kids together, black or white, when you have them in preschool, they're not hating each other. That's true. You feel me? It That's all true. starts at home. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What you about to say? So there's a gentleman by the name of uh, Carter G. Wilson, and he made the statement that when you control a man's thinking, you don't have to worry about his actions. It's almost <laughs> like putting him in his proper place. So do you think when mothers demean their sons or fathers or grandparents or or whomever is in their care, providing them with care, should I say, demeans their, their sons, they're their they're inadvertently putting them in their proper place for society. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. You're putting them in that proper place of society. Of what? And it, it, oh my God! It, it's really not. Excuse me. It's not the right place. It's not the proper place. No, it's not the right place. It's not the proper place. But it's but, they're but, trying to put them in the place for them. But inadvertently, they're setting them up for what society already wants them to believe. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what was, you know, I was the type growing up, and it's a lot of people like that still today. Even in, in, in this generation, I met some people when I went to the Glenville Festival this past weekend. Um, these people are mm, uh, early 20s, late 20s. And mm-hmm. I'm ha- and there wasn't talking about this, you know, I was around the conversation. And I'm listening to their intellect and their dialect, and I'm like, hmm, damn, they're pretty smart. I mean, you know, they, they, they don't sound like, they don't sound ignorant in so many ways. They don't sound, I want to I say, stupid. There are, their, their discussion was very mature. Mm-hmm. And, and when, I, when I pointed that out, I said, wow, you know, you know, I'm just I'm just very intrigued by y'all conversation. And they said, "Well, I don't hang with people my age." I said, "Huh?" Yeah, no. You know, I hang around older people because they have wisdom and knowledge, and I can learn something. 
And it, it had me like, wow. Because me growing up, I was the same way. Because uh-huh. it seemed like people, most of my peers, not all of my peers, most of my peers had this mentality that they went with the flow, went with the crowd. And, and me being who I am, I never fit in. I never went with the crowd, you know, because I, I it never felt right. So to hear this, these people say this, they say, you know, I just, you know, I don't hang with young people. I'm going to learn something. I'm going daily. And they're, they're just not mature enough for me. So it's like, mm, the mentality has a lot to do with who you want to be Okay. what you want to do. So let me ask you this as well. And this is from coming from a different perspective of a mother. They have what we call the mama's boys terms, right? So do oh, you think shit. that the coddling and the mama's boys also inadvertently emasculates them? And I say this to say because as the mother is overprotective, like, a lot of times I'm watching now where these grown men are still living with their mothers. And even though they oh, they, they want to presume to be head of the household and they want to presume to be this man, their mother is still watching over them. They're still being mothered. So that, yeah. do you believe that that's part of that emasculation as well? Damn straight. Damn straight. But well, this is the funny thing that you said that. I am the only child. My mama's the only child. Mm-hmm. And, a first, you know, growing up, people ask me, and I tell them, and you know what they say. The first thing comes out of their mouth, oh, you a mama boy. You spoiled. Let me clear something up. She is. <laughs> <laughs> I was not spoiled. And, 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 and I'm going to give, give you a little bit of that, and I'm going to go right back to it. I was never spoiled. You understand? My mama was the type of mama that said, I don't want to be on welfare. I don't want. I don't want no government assistance. Therefore, son, you're just going to have to do without. Son, I love you. My my job is only to put a roof over your head and keep food in this house. And when it came, even before I became an adult, <laughs> she said, "Look, if you want this type of food, get out, get you a job, and you pay for the food yourself." That's not being uh-huh. spoiled to me. That's not, I don't think that's being spoiled. You feel that's me? That's not spoiled I didn't, have, I didn't have cable growing up. You know how people used to say, oh, did y'all watch that, this and that? And I'm the only, <laughs> and I'm the only one that's saying, <laughs> no, I ain't see it. Why? I'm like, I don't have cable. What? You ain't got cable? Oh, you 40. You hey, my mama said that's a luxury. You feel me? Uh-huh. So I, I was, I pardon me, <clears throat> I'm trying to get over the little cold my son gave me. Um, excuse me. As far as name brand, name brand clothes, Polo, Nautica, Jordans. Um, I didn't have none of that because my mom said, if you want that, son, go out and get you a job. My first job was at 14, 14, 15, and I went to work at a car wash. If I wanted Jordans, I had to work for mine. So, uh-huh. For 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 you to see nowadays, you say you know people to this day, grown ass men, uh huh, that still live with their mama. It yeah, and, back, and I look it at go, it from my perspective. Yeah, it goes back to what I said. It all starts at home of who you are as an individual. It it all boils down to that. Every household is different, but. 
you can group it off, okay? It's a group. It is a group of men. I I know some men that was living with their mama too. <laughs> it's funny uh-huh. because these same individuals who I knew that lived with their mama, they talk shit about everybody else that was living their life on their own, which is funny. Huh. <laughs> so but my son got- made it, my seventeen year old again made a point, and I'm I'm bringing it up because we were talking about the 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 spoiled you know syndrome. My son said that he thinks a lot of the role of the emasculation of men is that they were spoiled. They don't know how to go out and work for anything anymore. They don't know how to go out and earn it. They don't know the value of anything anymore. You agree with that? I agree with it totally for the simple fact you got, and, 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 you know, this is always like the mysterious question of the century. Why Mm -hmm. is you out here robbing and stealing, and you just came from a home that gave you everything that you need? And I'm talking about black homes. I'm not talking about white privilege. Why right. is you out here doing what you're doing, and you got a good parent, once one parent or both parents in the house, they're taking care of you, doing everything, giving you everything that you want, but you still out here doing stupid shit, putting your life in danger as well as your family in danger. That is, it all starts with the individual. We can do the best that we can as parents, as individuals, as mothers, as fathers, to raise our sons to be a better generation than we were, a greater generation than we were. But it still is going to boil down to that individual. Okay. So um, the next question, I'm going to ask this quick question, and we're going to take a few call-ins, and when we come back, we'll answer this question. Uh I want to know, how do we give men their power back without making black women feel inferior? And, and I'll explain more about what I mean by that question after we take a couple call-ins and take a quick break. But we'll be back, and uh, let's listen to our call-ins real quick. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Cohn from Cleveland. And um, about the emasculation of the black man. There's so many ways that this can be a subject we touch, where there's you no know, at-home no nigga no nigga starts from no let's say say that um like you know the like like the guy's mother could have started at a young age you know because she got she felt bitter against that kid like no against that child's father or up against his father you no know, she's always still like oh yeah you ain't gonna be shit just like your daddy you ain't worthless worthless is the third you know so that puts him down you know, start your own tour, you know. Remember how they just treat them. This is me marking in. And um, remember how that, you know, that guy can grow up to you know, being told he's not nothing. There's no throughout his life. When I told starts nowhere, some guys to get with these women. And these women just putting them down, putting them down, putting them down. Like they're nothing whatsoever. And that, and that plays a big role in it. Like, like it's part of a woman's job and relationship to help build that man up. If that man's doing good, show that man. Don't be bitter. Not realize that you got a good man by your side. And you just put him down. You put him down and he feel like he's just worthless. He's nothing. 
No, he's not. He's not worth a, not worth a Mexican food stamp. No, and that's a, that, that plays a role in it. And about how, you know, and he and it just takes a toll on his psyche, on, on his mental. So it makes him be emasculated, and it carries on to outside in the world where he gets walked over. You know, in society, tell me he's worthless. He's nothing. You're. You're a useless human being and everything like that. No, we see what's going on out here. We see what's real like. How no black men get attacked faithfully through society. No, faithfully, like every day. Been going on for hundreds, hundreds of years. Starts way back, you know, slavery days. About how they, how they were basically like castrate some black men and how they would like eat that chop a foot off and whatever the case may be but it you know starts way back you know, all the way back then it's just you know, sometimes you know, things have to change over that there is no respect for uh black men period in the household in their own household uh, i see a lot of times and i talk to a lot of guys who, you know, have jobs and, you know, treat their woman good and still are faced with a cheating spouse or, you know, oh, he's too nice or, you know what I'm saying, or things of that sort. So it, it all comes in the breeding. We didn't see, a lot of us didn't see growing up a, a happy male-female relationship and the most happy male-female relationship that we saw that we could emulate were on TV. And now because they do not promote any type of black unity, none whatsoever, um, everybody has their arms crossed and facing each other. And niggas is saying, oh, y'all bitches ain't shit. And females are saying, y'all niggas ain't shit. And that's what they want. They want that from us. Yeah. My big boy, I my did it all for you. Joy. All for you. I did it all for you. You should know by now my words are true. I did it all for you when I received the news. Now must daily you be coming through. Give it all up. I did it all for you. Cigarettes, alcohol, weed too. Yup. Did it all for you. All for you. Did it all for you. Who would have thought this day the game you would come around didn't make me change? I knew what it was. I did out of love. I did it all for you. Did it all for you. My big boy, my pride and joy. Who would have thought this late the game you would come around and make me change? I knew what it was, but done out of love. Done out of love. I want to be around to watch you grow up. See your first steps. Hear your first words when father leave. Just sounds absurd. Must have been a generational curse. Said doctor hurt to break the family structures. Blood bloodline is a little tougher. Been through things that's a little rougher than the rest of the world. World. But the pressure makes diamonds and pearls. Gotta watch out for them fast girls. They how you sound track. Lose on time that you can't get back. No regrets, take the proper step. Never, ever settle for less. Do your best, do your part. Nothing is possible, it's nothing too hard. Nothing too hard, but everybody trying to be. Welcome back, welcome back to Unapologetic. This is Miss Rose. And Donnell here. And we are talking about the emasculation of black men. Um, before we took our callers and I want to thank all of our callers for calling in by the way thank you very much we appreciate you being a part of the show um, I asked you a question though just before we took our callers into the quick break uh, I asked you how do we give men our, their power back without making women feel inferior now, I asked that question in this aspect I'm one of them people that um, I believe that 
there are certain things that I just don't I like a man to be a man and a woman to be a woman and when I say that um, there are certain times where I feel like women try to take over a man's zone like uh, I'm going to use sports as for instance I've seen women try to get into the to the NFL and I just feel like why why take that away from them allow them something for themselves just like us women want something for ourselves you know but I also believe that there are times where a woman has to step up and and you know um, coming back from the era where women didn't work and women um, stayed at home and took care of the children I'm one of them people that says hey what happens if your husband you know or your boyfriend or their spouse or whatever you want to call leaves you and you don't have any work experience, and you don't have anything going on in your life, what do you do? What happens if they die? What do you do? So I believe that women have to have, um, be able to exude some power and, and be able to exude some control. And plus, trust me, I'm a very dominant woman myself. So I don't ever want to make a woman feel um, as if she's beneath a man. I, I believe, I'm the type of person that say you're supposed to walk beside your, your, your partner. Um, so how do we give men their power? How do we allow them to raise their sons and, and daughters and be the head of the household and, and take that role as the, the man that most women want without making a woman feel less of a woman? Join forces with them instead of going against them. From my experience, from, yeah, join forces with them. From my experience and... Um, <laughs> I was going to go ahead and say, okay, yes, I'm not with my my baby mother, but she is the mother of my child, so there is love for her. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not with her, but I'll be damned if I let another man put his hands and talk to her crazy. That's just me speaking for myself. That's with any woman in my life or any woman, that, for that matter, that's in my presence. It just does something mm-hmm. to my soul. It just does something to my soul. I'm at that point of my life, like, listen, I know who I am. I know what I stand for. If you can't respect that, you better get going quickly. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I brought. I said all that to say this. Um, it was a point where, you know, um, with my son, me trying to show him or tell him things, and she trying to correct me and get in the way of raising my son. That's a problem. And you can mm-hmm. see that. Let's talk about uh, teenage, raising a teenage son. Um, if uh, a, a couple was together, uh, married or not, whatever you want to call it, and the man is trying to tell the son something or ask the son to do something or tell the son, hey, you can't go to this party, that's the end of it. But then he goes mm-hmm. to the mom and asks the mom, Daddy said, no, don't worry about it. You can go. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> right. They're, they're playing that's, them against each other, which kids are going to do. Yeah. Yeah, but that's where it comes in. That you ha- have to join forces instead of being against that individual because <clears throat> it could be something that uh, daddy made mama mad over the weekend. This was the perfect, perfect opportunity for the son to say, oh, daddy said no because I did something wrong, but I'm going to go to mama. Mama say yes. And so I leave anyway, and I could go, and now it's turmoil in the household. A lot. That was just an example. That was just one. That's morning. actually a really good example, you know, because I, I've said this to you know people I've dated before. You know, 
if you're wrong and we're out in public and we or we have company or somebody's around, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let you say, well, I'll put it like this. If you do something or say something and and it's not um, demeaning to my character or putting me down or, you know, or any type of negative thing like that, but and I necessarily don't agree with it, I'm not going to say anything in front of people. I'm going to wait till we're in private and then we're going to discuss it because we're supposed to be a united force no matter what. So, like, if, exactly. if you know, my, my daughter, for instance, and, you know, her father, my ex-husband, we, we communicate. We're raising a child. We live in different states, but we're raising a child. We raise her together. We raise all the children together, actually. And, you know, if she's very good at trying to play the field, you know, she's she's extremely good at it. You know, she'll be like, uh, Mom, can I get the cell phone? No. Okay. And then she'll go, Dad, can I get the cell phone? He was like, well, didn't your mother tell you no? And she in her head be like, how do you know that? You know what I'm saying? You got to join forces. You got to join right. forces. We communicate. You know, we talk about it. We already too much divided out in these streets, you know. And you remember how I was growing up? Shoot. The mm-hmm. neighbor knew your name. The neighbor on the other mm-hmm. street knew your name, knew where you lived, knew your mama. It was. It took a village to raise a child. Right now, right. we everybody is on a damn island. Everybody is on an island looking out for themselves. Not everybody. Don't take it as that. Please don't take it so literal. But mm-hmm. get my point. Everybody is on an island, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I have I have a lot of ideas and solutions to a lot of problems, but I don't put it out there. It's a time and place mm-hmm. for everything where we can come together as a community and be a better people and a better race. Um, it's a time and place for everything, as I just stated. So when that time comes, everyone will get wind of what I'm talking about. So you think that it's fair to say that in, in order to empower our, our young black, you know, men or boys into men to allow them to take the – I always say I'm raising my sons to be kings – and be worthy of the name and the crown that they carry. So is it fair to say that it's going to take the community and the, and the black community itself and, you know, families to reunite? Because families are broken, period, you know. And, and to be able to combat this issue that we're having? It's going to take <laughs> – it's going to take everybody – of color to do it. Everybody of color. Uh, and, and, uh, this is like, I'm not going to say Mission Impossible, because uh-huh. let me say this. Well, so This is so funny. Us being African-American people here in this country, uh-huh. we're not all going to agree on a topic. That's, that's, that's clear. That's just true. That's just the fact. We're not all going to agree on a topic. Uh-huh. But one thing you can't change is the fact. The fact is that we all are black people here. That's one thing that we can agree on. Uh-huh. Therefore, as a race, you can't deny that. We need to come together in some point of time, 
in the very, very, very close near future so we can better ourselves against the powers that be and what's going on. We have to. Money plays a big part on a lot of things. Money uh-huh. plays a, a big part of, for some effect, you know, hey, um, I'm going to love you to death. Not saying me, I'm just saying the general. I'm going to love you to death, but that price is right, I'll sell, I'll sell you out. You see what I'm saying? It's going uh-huh. to come to a point where we're going to have to reach that point in our mind, in our spirit, where nothing else matters but who we truly are for us to go to the next level. Okay. Because my question to you is, Rose, do you think we're getting better or worse? Now, I'm not talking about the people who are woke. I'm just saying looking at society as the way it is. I'm not talking about those free conscious thinkers such as ourselves. I'm not, I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about society on the outside looking in through the keyhole. Mm-hmm. Do you, you think it's getting better? Yeah, I want your honest opinion. Oh, you better give me your honest opinion. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting so worse. We're Thank getting you. worse. We're going backwards. We are going. Um, we are living in a time where <sighs> we're going back to Jim Crow era. We're going back to um, the Yes Master era. Yeah. <laughs> we're going back to that era. And I, I hate to put it in that terms, but we are. We are. We are, um, we are so divided right now as a race, and they're using it to their advantage. Now, let me let me clarify this. I don't want to make this a race issue because if anybody really knows me, knows that none of us is one race. Okay. So, even though we're talking about black people and black men, and no matter what racial culture I may share, I'm still a black woman. That's right. And I'm always going to be identified as a black woman. Um, but we're going backwards. We're not looking at, we're not united in anything. It doesn't matter what we stand for. We don't. It doesn't matter how real it is. It doesn't matter how much it. It's right in front of you. Most people don't see things until it directly affects them. And, um, why, why be reactive when you can be proactive? Why wait until something happens to you before you, you know, deal with it? You know, you don't wait till your um, oil runs all the way out your car before you go get an oil change. You know that you need to get your oil change after so many miles. That is a proactive, not a reactive, you know. And everybody knows, everybody knows inside of them right now, it's a light flashing in them. I don't care. You can deny it all you want to. There's a light flashing in you that something needs to be done and you can do something. You might not know what it is. You need to soul search yourself and find out what can I do to help our people. Now, 
So here's what I can do. And, and I'm going to tell you what I'm going, what I do. It's not what I can do. It's not what I'm going to do. It's what I do. Okay. I have open dialogues with my children. I do not hide the truth from my children. We talk about everything. I do not put them in a bubble. I do not put them in a closet. They are not living in a sub world. We talk about any and everything. I leave an open dialogue. I want my children to feel safe in um, asking me whatever they need to ask me because one day they're going to grow up and they're going to live outside of my home and I'm not going to be able to protect them. And so as a parent, when you have young children, you cannot put them in a box, okay? Also, I teach my children that their education starts at home. They are responsible for their own education. The schools are only have a certain curriculum they're supposed to teach you, but they are responsible for their own education. My sons, they have responsibilities. My daughter has responsibilities as well, but my sons have different responsibilities. They um they understand that they're they they're meant to protect their sister, you know. Um, and my daughter's a handful and a half. <laughs> they're meant to protect their sister they're meant to protect themselves my sons are probably especially you know all of them in their own way are the sweetest children you ever meet in their life but they also will destroy you if you mess with any of them that's right <laughs> Okay. they protect right. each other at all costs They are, but they look out for everybody my children have to do every year, at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. And this is something they do on their own. They they do community service. They do a charity. I teach them that this world, they could be just in the same aspect as that person on the street. They don't know why that person is on the street. They don't know their story. So stop judging each other. Um, my son, one of my sons, he can, he just actually told me this yesterday. He said he looked at kids at school and he laughed at them. And he said, who are you dressing for, you or everybody else? Mm. And, and uh, mm. because, like I said, I talk to my kids. I don't. My kids can have anything in the world they want. They can have Jordans. They can have um, Air Maxes. They can have whatever they want. I, I not because I'm going to buy it, but I make my kids earn their things. You want this? Mm-hmm. You have to show me you deserve it. Mm. Because mm. my job, again, just like you said, your mother was. My job is to provide you with a roof over your head a meal, utilities, education. I teach my, I don't rely on the school for the education. Schools are only going to teach your kids so much. Guess what? If you want to live in this world, you got to learn to think. For yourself. Ahead of the other. You got to learn to think for yourself, but you also got to think like they think in another aspect. See, that when I say Mm. that is they think. Um, ahead of the, they think again. It's that re, that proactive instead of reactive. They don't want us to go teach our kids, especially black men or black women. They don't want us to teach them how to read stocks. They don't want them to teach us how to count money. They don't want them mm-hmm. to teach them how to save money. They don't want to know about teach them about investments. They don't want to teach them about anything that could put them ahead of the game. That is the parents' job. That's right. Yes. That is the parents' job. They want us to live in this in this category in this corner that they that they created for us, and they want to keep us in this corner. And see, what mm-hmm. I tell my kids is, we don't live in the corner, son. 
Guess what we're going to do? We're going to go to the opera, and we're going to sit there, and we're going to watch them, and we're going to watch them watch us. Right. That's and they're going to be like, what are they doing here? And then we're going to learn different languages. And so when 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 the other, you know, when they think that they be outsmarting us, and then we sit there, and then they sit there, and they're scratching their heads trying to figure out what we're talking about. But we actually know what we're talking about. We're going to read books that that's not required in our curriculum. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because we're going to... We're going to see the real in things. That's just like all of these people, and I'm about to drop some knowledge on you guys that you may not know. One of the, edu- one of the books that they educate you on, especially in, in college, I don't know if they do it so much in high school, but they used to, is William Shakespeare. Yeah. William Shakespeare was illiterate. He could not read or write. It was a black woman who wrote Shakespeare, and he put his name on it. I've just found that out recently myself. And I've known this, and my children have known this. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, there used to be front and no line. I didn't know until recently. And this was like a month ago, two months ago. I said, oh, oh, I learned something new every day. And guess what I learned today? I didn't learn it in the school. I didn't learn it in the college. I learned that stuff online on Facebook. <laughs> I learned it online on Facebook. See, I'm a college-educated person, but I'm also one of them people that I don't take everybody's word for it. I dig. I search. Oh, you got to research. Hunt, I find. You got to think for yourself. I do research. I told yeah. my son yesterday, we were talking about college. Like I said, I talked to my kids about everything. I said, son, what you want your major to be? He said, well, I'm I'm kind of torn. I'm between, you know, I love agriculture, but I love animals. So I said, well, guess what? They kind of go together. Do them both. Right. Make them agriculture and, and veterinarian and and being loving animals and taking care of animals, they go together. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, I have multiple degrees. I don't have a degree in one thing because if it's something that goes together, why am I not learning it? Why am I not getting a piece of paper that says, I'm sorry, you can never tell me I'm not educated. I'm, if I don't know something, I'm going to learn it. I, I've learned law business law because I decided if I'm going to run a business, I need to know every aspect of it. I'm not going to have my accountant cheat me. And the same thing needs to happen with our kids. Our kids need to know, I don't have a problem with my kids challenging me on something. If my kids, if I tell them something and they say, that don't sound right to me. I say, well, find the answer and come back to me. If I'm right, I will admit I'm, if I'm right, fine, I'm right. If I'm wrong, I will admit I'm wrong. And that's that ego thing. I have no fear in admitting I'm wrong. I have no fear. Yeah. I want my kids to be smarter than me. I want them to right. outstalk me. I don't want. I don't need to be the smartest person in the room. If I'm the smartest person in the room, why the fuck am I in that room? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just saying, for me, for for the community, for anybody that's trying to raise their men, and, and women, I'm going to say this from a woman's perspective. Stop. Stop. Mm. Whatever beef you got with your kid's father, Stop, it's not their beef. It's right. not their beef. Right. And if, right. You, if your heart is broken because they left you, then reevaluate yourself. Okay? Right. You're allowed to have a heart broken, okay? But you're not allowed to use your children, your sons, as a weapon against them. Don't do that. Because that child is not going to resent the father. He might resent him as a child, but as an adult, he's going to resent you. 
That's right. Okay. It's it's a point where your life where you gotta grow up. Sometimes people don't work. Sometimes relationships don't work. Mm-hmm. When you become a parent, you can't think selfishly. You have to think for somebody else. Mm. As selfish I wanna be sometimes. I I admit, I mean, my oldest son about to be twenty one. I've been a mother forever. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, there are moments where I just want to be selfish. I don't want to do it. You know, it'll be mornings that the alarm go off at six and I'll be like, damn, why I got to get up? Y'all can get up, go to school yourself. You know, you know, right. and there's moments when they come in with homework. I'm telling you, when your kids got homework, you got homework. Shit, I've been, like I said, my son about to be 21. They come in like mine. I need this. I don't want to do homework. I sound like them. Right. You understand? I want to be selfish. But see, I made the choice to have children. I laid down and had that child. They did not ask to be here. So now I took on a responsibility of being a parent. And as men, I feel like it's the same way. Men and, and, you know, you know, Donnell, you know, you ain't taking it personal because it ain't you. If you take it personal, then then you need to really reevaluate yourself, okay? That's right. But That's right. You have a child with a woman. You laid down with her. You knew what you was doing. That's right. You signed on, no matter what you say, to be a that's parent. Right. Unless that woman set you up, because I've seen that too, which that's another whole show. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you understood the consequences. For you right. to run out, I don't want to. I don't want to say the word that I'm thinking in my head right now because it, it kind of messes up the show. The whole point of the show is to empower men to do better. But yeah. if you run out on that child, you're not running out on that woman. You're running out on that child. That is your blood. That is your DNA, and you are a coward. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. And one thing I'm going to add to that, you know, the relationship with the the mother, fellas, men, great men, strong men, kings, that relationship with the mom should not define your relationship with that child, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't let that, don't say, oh, she a bitch, she can't stand her, so I ain't going to see my son. Fuck that, man. For real. Come on now. Chest up. Chest out. Chin, chin up. Feel me? You feel me? Fuck all that shit. You better than that. You bigger than that. Okay? Listen, the time and day and age that we live in now, our son needs their father. Okay? You, so what? And I, and, I hope, and I hope somebody listening to this that has been going through this and haven't seen it, son, I hope this motivates you to say, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to call this woman up despite whatever, and I'm going to see my son, okay? Even, I don't care even how old they are. You feel me? You got to understand the connection and bond that we have as a people. You feel me? No matter how old you are, how old they are, you still need to have that connection. You need to bond with that person. Say something. Because it's And as a woman. Like, uh-huh. Go ahead. It's, I was going to say there's nothing like knowing that you love by your own. Right. And as a woman, you know, like I said, raising raising sons on my own, I've never, ever, ever, ever in my life kept my sons from my father, from their father. But the other thing I want to say is, man, you have rights. Go to court. Yes. 
go to court. You have rights. I'm not, you know, women, you might get mad, but I'm going to keep it real. You have rights. You, to deny your children their father, your sons their father, is stupid. Right. It is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. You get nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You get absolutely nowhere. You, right. Man, you have rights. And I know that the court system is screwed up. Trust me, I know. Okay? I'm not one of them women that just think on a woman's basis. I think I, right is right and wrong is wrong to me. It don't matter if you're man, woman, if you're a monkey. It, right is right and wrong is wrong. <laughs> so my point is, you have rights. Go to court. I know the court system is not always set up right, but it it comes back to that power in numbers. If enough men step up and say, what the hell is going on? Why don't fathers have real rights here? Then, then the laws have to change. It's the same thing with these police, you know, beatings of these of our black men. It's the same yeah. thing with them killing our black men. It's the same thing, you know, with a lot of the rights that are being violated by, you know, um, by black men, you know, for black men. It's power in numbers. If we all decide to stop fighting each other and say, look, let's do something. Let's, you know... I'm going to keep it real. I'm the type of person that a lot of people don't believe in democracy and stuff. I grew up in politics, okay? You think your vote don't matter? If everybody thought like you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't go anywhere. But I'm going to tell you what does matter. It's not the, the vote for um, the president, per se, or, or that person that's in office right now. It's your vote for your local politicians because them judges is the ones that are, are you know, the prosecutors, all of them, those are the people that are allowing these things to happen. Your congressmen, your state representatives, those are the ones that help put these laws and, and fix these laws and change these laws that help get people back. If you, if I want, if we want strong black men, if we want our black men to live, I want my sons to live. I don't want to bury my sons. I don't want to bury my sons. I don't want to bury my sons to the to the law from the. Um, police in the hands of the police and I don't want to bury them from the hands of another black man or white I want my sons to die after me I want to be in heaven like hey you made it what's up you know what I'm saying so we got to do better we got to look out for each other we have to stop making our men feel like inferior and um, there's a lot, lot way lot more I can go into this but we we this has been a two hour show at this point, so we're gonna um, definitely 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 wrap it up. We we're gonna have to have this discussion again. We're definitely gonna have to have this discussion again. I want to thank oh, everybody that called in. I, I want to thank, thank everybody that um that's out there listening this week. Uh, next week, next week show. What is next week show again? Uh, uh, I'm still caught up on this one. Um, what we about? Next week show. Next week show is uh, policing. Policing. Oh, we're gonna talk about these police beatings. We're gonna talk about all these police shootings. We're gonna talk about. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go so far as to saying policing is a legal organized game. Those are my words. Okay. Right. Right. And, uh, and we're gonna break I'm that a, down a, and explain it. Hmm? I'm gonna add to that, and I I will be able to give you my solutions and remedies to combat these situations. 
That, and, and that's what we want to hear. We definitely want call-ins on this topic. This is a big, big topic right now. It's, um, yes. you know, we just had that, uh, for those listeners in Cleveland, Ohio, we just had that, um, that incident happen uh, Saturday, um, August 12th in uh, Euclid, Ohio, where the police uh, was beating a man in the street. Of course, we have um, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, um, Freddie Gray, you know, Fernando Castro, which was aired on Facebook. Um, but these things, um, Sandra Bland, um, but these yeah. things are, are constantly happening. They've been happening. Um, they've been happening for years, but now we're seeing it um, Even, out in our faces. Uh, we're watching it. Go, it goes back. Let's Don't forget Rodney King, yo. yo, yo. Rodney King, you're right. You're Rodney absolutely King, that right. Was the, Rodney that King. Was the big, that was the, you know, it's, it's just crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy the things, how things come back around. It, it is. It, it's a it's a uh, revolving door, and uh, we need to close this revolving door. I, I want to. Oh. I'm trying to open and shut the door, and then leave it sealed. So, <laughs> you know, we definitely <laughs> going to talk about that. And um and, and and that's a disclaimer for me. I have one of my best friends growing up. Father is a police officer. He's been a police officer since I was a little girl, and I used to call him pops when I was growing up. He's a good guy. So I don't have anything against police themselves. It used to be a cop that lived next door to me. Um, when I was growing up, named Jeff. He's a white. Hello, hello. Hey, we have some technical difficulties. We had the call had I guess. Yeah, yeah, we had a little technical difficulties. Our equipment went out, but just to wrap it up, like I said, I, I had a cop living next door named Jeff. Jeff was a white cop, and he used to come out there and play football with us and, and hang out with us. And we used to, you know, we used to play ding dong dip to the door. I'm not gonna lie, but he knew it was us. He used to tell us to stop and laugh, but stuff, you know. But you know, he was a good guy, and even as an adult, I, I ran into him a few times when I was back home, and I would, you know, make jokes, and he would laugh. And so I'm not against police, but I am. A, I'm I'm against a lot of the tactics. I'm against a lot of the things that are going on. I'm against a lot of what I'm seeing. And I'm definitely against uh, our legal system and our laws, our, our courtrooms, our, you know, of them getting off on, on killing us because I feel like slowly they are uh, uh, trying to um, exterminate us. So, well, that's um, one thing that's so funny that they can't. I don't know why they keep trying. We was here. Listen, they need to realize we was here before they got here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Listen, listen. I can go real deep. I, you know, I see. Let me get back to my conservative way. And we're about to wrap it up. But my final thought is, my final thought is, listen. If you don't believe nothing that person says to you, do your own damn research, okay? Absolutely. And that's one thing about all race. They used to make fun of us, but in the book, black person won't find out. You know, they used to make fun of us like that. Well, now we got the internet, we got this. Search it, find it out, dig. And once you find that, dig deeper. And once you find that out, dig deeper. Two. It's unveiled. Truth never changes. You understand what I'm saying? Truth never changes. Hope that's sink in. Yes, yes. So thank you, thank you, the emasculation of black men. But we probably have to do this show again. There's so much more we can talk about again next week. Uh, community policing um, versus uh, our citywide policing, the nationwide policing, and, and uh, legal organized gang. And um, we look forward to talking to you. Thank you to all of our callers. We appreciate you. Please keep calling in. Thank you to all of our artists featured in the show. 
We appreciate you. Yeah, yes, our sponsors, our sponsors, Timeless Music. Thank you, Timeless Music, for sponsoring our show. Also, Delectable Dessert Lounges yes, and Eccentric Restaurant and Lounges. I'm looking forward to some of that sweet potato. Oh, my God. What is it? Sweet potato. It's a sweet potato cheesecake brownie. Sweet potato cheesecake brownie. Dang, I want to get in my room. I want to make that. We talk about that here. <laughs> all right, we we're talk about that out here. All right, Donnell, we'll talk to everybody soon. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you next week. All right.